welcome to Take a Shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. I appreciate you listening. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and it's funny because, you know, when I record this, we're a couple of hours away from the Super Bowl. Last time I did a podcast, two weeks ago, we were a couple of hours away from that awful Vikings playoff game versus the Eagles, and uh, so here we are. Two weeks later, anticipating the Super Bowl, wondering what's going to happen. But again, by the time you you listen to this, uh, chances are very good. It will be a thing of the past. Uh, it has been a fun week in the Twin Cities with the Super Bowl, and we'll kind of talk about this just a little bit because it's kind of been talked to death. And there are people who are like, um, there's a radio friend of mine. And she said, I just want it to be over. I'm tired of all the talk about it. Yeah, but it only happens like what? Once every 25 years or less. So it's been a good week. It's been a weird week because it's been so cold. And it normally isn't this cold this long in Minnesota this 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 time of the year. Uh, we've easily could have gotten 25 degree days, 30 degree days today. But instead, we got about a five or seven degree today. Um, day today. Yesterday, I was downtown on Nicollet Mall, and it was just a classic Minnesota winter day. It was a nice, soft snowstorm coming down pretty good, but not screwing up the roads. And uh, it wasn't a blizzard. It was just beautiful and really just kind of a postcard of Minnesota weather uh, this time of the year. So there's talk that, you know, they'll never have the Super Bowl here again because the other owners don't like it. And it's cold. Oh, so let me start off with my Super Bowl celebrity encounter. Let's get right into this. Uh, this was just something cool that happened today. So I'm a pilot. I love airplanes. So I went down to Flying Cloud Airport in Eden Prairie today to watch the big um, private jets land because they are there are so many that are flying in today just for the game. Then they'll fly out tonight after the game. They don't even spend the night. They just come here go to the game, and then get back on their private plane and go. So I go down there. There's a whole bunch of volunteers dressed in referee uniforms inside the lobby of Thunderbird Aviation. And I walk in, and I'm talking to friends of mine behind the counter, and they're like, guess who's here? Who? Shaquille O'Neal is right behind you. His plane is um, delayed because the brake lines are frozen. So Shaq is just kind of waiting it out. And I look over. And sure enough, and people are leaving him alone. People aren't really bothering him. And uh, so I'm like, oh, my God, can I take a selfie? Can I go get a picture? And they're like, well, I'm not going to tell you not to. But and I get it because, you know, you don't really want to be that person, especially in that kind of environment. You know, he's not out in public. I mean, he is, but not really. And uh, he's certainly not working. And he's with his I'm going to guess it was his wife and his buddies and probably just didn't want to be bothered. Well, a plain load of rich people comes in and I don't know who they were or why they were rich. They come in, they're like, oh my God, it's Shaq. And they start getting pictures taken. And he was very polite and very kind. Well, they all left. And so I said, uh, Ashley Fallon encouraged me. She said, go get a picture. Don't be a pussy. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I walked over and this is the story. I said, hey, Shaq, I, uh, I do a local morning show. I will have the best story of the weekend if I get a picture with you. And he's like, sure, man. So we get a picture. And I said, you have a good time in town? He's like, yeah, I was DJing. Oh, yeah, I heard that you were a DJ. He's like, yeah, guess what I play? And I said, I don't know. He said, I play white guy rock and roll. And he starts singing Jesse's Girl. I wish that I had Jesse's Girl. And his buddies start laughing, and I sang along with him. And then he starts singing I Love Rock and Roll. So then we all joined in. We all sang I Love Rock and Roll. And then I told him how 
you know, I love that stuff too. And people at the station give me a hard time because I love 38 Special. And I'm like, why don't we play more Huey Lewis in the news? And he laughed at that. And to have Shaq laugh at one of my comments was like super cool. And I shook his hand and I said, I will let you go, but I just wanted to say hi and thank you so much. I'm not a basketball fan, but everybody knows who Shaq is. And he smiled so big for the picture. And uh, the people there said he actually has to tilt his head when he leaves so he won't hit his head on the doorway. Sure enough, I watched him walk out to his plane 20 minutes later and he had to tilt his head to the left as he walked out so he wouldn't bang it on the top of the doorway. Got on his plane, I saw it take off, and it's like, wow. Oh, I asked him, I said, so you're leaving, you're not going to stay and watch the game? He said, no, nah, I'm going to go home and watch it at home. And I said, I, I, I said, okay. And I thought, I understand that, I get that, because you got to figure Shaq cannot be inconspicuous anywhere. Whereas somebody like uh, Will Smith or, you know, name somebody Taylor Swift can probably put on a stocking cap and, uh, you know, wear sweatpants or something like that and sunglasses and and people might not notice. But when a guy that's, you know, 6'11 or however tall Shaq is walks into a room, you notice him. He is Shaq. So it was just a really cool experience. Um, a lot of celebrity encounters this weekend. Uh, not with me personally. I walked by Randy Moss down on Nicollet Mall yesterday, and I didn't even notice it was him. I wasn't looking up, and then somebody walking the same way as me says, "Hey, Randy Moss," and he's like, "Hey, what's up, bro?" And uh, and everybody's like, "Oh, that was Randy Moss. Good eye," but I didn't even notice him until he walked by. Uh, I hope you had a good Super Bowl week. We're going to talk about a couple of things. Um, that uh, kind of apply in the podcast here and an interesting article that I just posted that I wanted to talk to you about because I thought it was really fascinating. Well, here's the story. Earlier this week, I found an article that said, now is the best time in human history to be alive. I didn't save it. I didn't email it to myself, which I normally do. And I looked for it online and I couldn't find the exact article, but I found one that's very close to it. And basically, it is from 2016, and it says 10 reasons why 2016 is the best time to be alive. Well, yeah, it's a couple of years old, but in the you know scheme of things, it's not really that old. When you look at the generation, the time that we're living in, we're still living in the time of 2016. I thought that was really interesting because we hear so many bad things, and I like to find positive things um, to talk about on the podcast because there are so many things it's like, you know, this is still so bad and it's still so bad and this is still so bad. You know, a lot of it is. But look at the progress we have made. So we're going to talk about this for a little bit, about why uh, the current time is the best time to be alive. Let's dive right into this. There are much fewer hungry people in the world. And that totally makes sense. And they talk about how it's changed so much in the last couple of uh, generations. Here's another one. The proportion of people worldwide who are undernourished has dropped from 50% in 1945 to just more than 10% in 2015. So 50% in 1945, the world was hungry. And now it's 10%. Huge, huge. How did we do it? That's my question. How did we do it? Did we do it because we taught people to feed themselves? Did we figure out better ways to get more food to poor countries? I hope we didn't just figure out ways to get more food to more countries, but hope, uh, helped uh, entire countries learn how to feed themselves. Although, 
I'm going to guess there are countries that are just not very good for growing food. They don't have the right kind of climate, uh, et cetera. But I thought that was really good, really encouraging news. Uh, another one, more people have access to clean water than ever before. They say that from the end of the 19th century, so 120 years ago, many wealthy cities began building up-to-date sewer and water system uh, systems that reduce mortality rates by more than 40%. Poorer countries were not able to take advantage of effective sanitation until the late 20th century. But when they did, the progress was rapid. 2.6 billion people have gained access to safe water supplies since 1900. Hey, listen, you know, you figure back in the day, there wasn't sanitation. You know, basically people probably dumped sewage in the same river that they got their water supply out of. We didn't care about it back then. Um, I know that when I went to Italy a few years ago, they talked about how, you know, they'd poop and pee in a bucket during the middle of the night and dump it in the gutter in the daytime. Holy crap, can you imagine the stink that would arise from cities back 100, 500, 1,000 years ago? So maybe not 100 years ago, but a long, longer than that. 90% of the world's population now has access to safe water. 90%. That's really good. We still have 10% to go. Uh, we are staying alive on average for much longer. And in this article, there's a picture of a woman who's 116 years old eating her birthday cake. Um, they say as recently as 1900, worldwide life expectancy was just 31 years. About enough time to grow up, have a couple of kids, and die. So you'd at least have a couple of kids, but then you would die. Think about this now. It's skyrocketed now to average life expectancy of 71. So uh, it, it, that's fascinating. Life expectancy has doubled in the last 100 years. But wait, there's more. Uh, the proportion of people in extreme poverty has shrunk. Um, they say that still economic inequality is, is still a problem, with a tiny group of billionaires owning a greater share of the world's wealth than ever before. In absolute terms, everybody is a whole lot wealthier. Let me just stop for a minute and talk really quick about, I talked about this on the show the other day, and it really annoyed me that this is the way of life for some people who are so ridiculously wealthy. And hey, listen, I'm a capitalist. I totally believe in capitalism. There is no other better system. I know it's got its flaws, but there is no other better system than capitalism. And that sounds evil to say. And if you agree with me, then send me an email or, or comment on Facebook. So uh, uh, Kraft, I think his name is Robert Kraft, whoever owns the Patriots, flies out here in his private jet. Okay, well, we know he's a billionaire. He owns a freaking football team and probably has worked really hard to get this far in his life. Okay. So he flies out here in his private jet, probably him and his wife and kids and buddies or whatever, and he wants to stay, I guess, at a private house, and he doesn't want to take you know, public transportation, obviously, or, or be driven down to the Super Bowl. So he arranged it to fly from the private house he's staying at to the helipad at HCMC, which is a block away from the stadium where he then could catch a ride or walk or whatever. Well, they didn't have a helicopter here for him to use, so he flew his personal helicopter, not him personally, but he had it flown from Boston to the Twin Cities. What a fucking carbon footprint that is. How much is too much for one person to have such an impact on the environment? 
I mean, you got to figure he also has a house in Vail that he has to heat. He also has um, homes all over the country that he's got to heat and cool. And uh, yeah, guys like that are good for the economy because they spend a lot of money. But also, the carbon footprint on these guys is amazing. Let me tell you a little bit about something that I thought of years ago when it comes to environmentally conscious celebrities. You talk about a bunch of people that punches a bigger fucking hole in the ozone than anybody else. Artists, musical artists, or movie stars. Let's think about what they ask you to do. A concert star, let's say, uh, we'll name somebody, um, okay, Let's say Justin Timberlake. And I like Justin Timberlake, but we're going to use him anyway. So he says, hey, come to my concerts. Come to my tours. So while he's driving around diesel trucks, semi-trucks, and planes full of chartered, uh, chartered planes and buses full of people all over the country, not only is he doing all of that, but he's also asking thousands and thousands of people to get in their car and to drive either a dozen miles or a few hundred miles to see him. Think of the enormous carbon footprint that a celebrity has, not only because of concerts, but also saying, hey, drive to my movies. And uh, I mean, is it wrong? No. But if they really meant it, wouldn't they stop touring because of the enormous impact they have environmentally. Hey, listen, I'm not saying they should. I'm only saying, look at the hypocrisy. That's one thing that we just really love pointing out is look at the hypocrisy among celebrities. They want to tell you what to do with your life, yet they're flying around on private planes and they're asking you to spend a lot of money and punch a big hole in the ozone layer to come to their their concerts. Think about it. Don't buy into the hype that these celebrities are any better or any closer to perfection than you and I are because they are not. And I think we know that. I think it's important to remind ourselves that celebrities are just people who, whatever reason, they got famous. Okay, but I love celebrities too. I get it. All right, back to the list of things that, that is life is better now than it was in any time in hu, uh, human history. Fewer than 10% of people live in extreme poverty. Uh, despite what it feels like, there is much less violence in the world. It's true. Um, uh, they talk about wars in the Middle East and, and how they rage on, but there are actually fewer people killed in these conflicts than in the wars of previous generations. Hey, aren't you glad there's no World War II? There hasn't been a world war for 70-something years now. Hey, that's really good news. Um, you know, we still worry about North Korea and we worry about the Middle East, but no world wars in several generations now. Uh, the murder rate in Europe was has dropped from a peak of more than 40 per 100,000 in the 14th century to one in 100,000 today. Hey, interesting. Didn't know they know they were so busy murdering people um, 500 years ago. We are making progress in reducing pollution and protecting the environment. Hey, the Super Bowl this year is one of the, I think, one of, if not the first, like, no-impact um, Super Bowls as far as litter and landfills and things like that. So, in other words, all the stuff, the nacho the nacho the boxes and the cups and all that stuff, they're all either organic, recyclable, or compostable. And they even have volunteer college students standing by the recycle and trash bins to make sure that they get thrown in the right bin because a lot of people just throw anything into any bin and they don't care. Um, and I think that's really cool. I love that idea. 
and uh, that's never been done at a Super Bowl before. So, hey, that's good news. Um, pollution has more than halved in the UK since 1970, and uh, just a few more of these will move on to something else. Uh, the world is getting more literate every day. Uh, and uh, the percentage of people who can read and write has increased from 12% to nearly 90% in the past 100 years. Individual freedom and democracy has spread. Legal slavery has tra transitioned from being the norm to unheard of since 1800. What was the year that we abolished slavery? Uh, and what was it called in the United States? A little quiz. What was it called? It was called the Emancipation Proc Proc Proclamation. And it happened, I think, in 1863? Right around there. Uh, societies are more open to all genders, racers, and races, and sexual orientations than ever before. Um, more than 180 countries gave women the right to vote in democratic elections. Uh, and then finally, they say the next generation will be even better. I like this factoid here. It says only 10% of 15 to 70, 17 year olds work. Uh, in 1950, it was about 30% of 10 to 14-year-olds that work. And back then, about 15% of 17-year-olds uh, in, in 1950 work. So really interesting stuff. And I thought that was a really cool article to pass along to you. And if you want to look at it yourself, it's on my uh, blog page. Okay, couple of things. Went to a movie Friday night. Uh, just an observation. The kid in front of us... 20 years old or so, I say kid, he's, you know, whatever, 20. We went to go see Hostiles, and in front of us, a kid was checking Snapchat and texting. Not the entire time, but a lot of it. But here's why I didn't say anything. Normally, I'm the guy who says, hey, would you mind turning your phone off? Would you mind whatever? Stop, please. But in courtesy... In the 2018 version of Courtesy, he had dimmed his screen all the way. I still think that he shouldn't have been. You know, Jesus Christ, give yourself two hours to enjoy the movie. Do you really have to Snapchat and text every 10 minutes during the movie? But, you know, that's his problem. And But he dimmed it so much that I could barely see it. And it didn't bother me. So instead of saying anything, but I don't know, just thought it was a weird thing. Don't you think it's a weird thing that he could not go for two hours without texting or checking Snapchat. Okay, because the podcast is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. It's based on the book of the same name. I always read a chapter out of the book um, as part of the podcast and because that's what we're here for. And, and I want to say again, thanks for listening. Uh, chapter number 51, Let's Be Honest About Sex. And here we go. Sex can be awesome. It feels good, and it's cheap entertainment. But just like smoking and overeating can feel great in the moment, sex is fraught with pitfalls. Danger lurks behind every corner. Listen up, because I've learned a lot about sex through trial and error. And no, I'm not talking about the whole cutting a hole in the Nerf ball incident. Here is what I think I know about sex. In general, in general, I know it's a broad sweeping statement. Women have sex for a relationship either because they want one or think they are in one. Guys have sex because it feels good. That's it. Are we that shallow? Sometimes no, but most of the time, yes. And don't go around 
Um, uh, it says, don't go around breaking young girls' hearts. Some people are forever a fan of Michael Jackson, while others, uh, others think he was 100 miles of creepy. But no matter what you think of him, you have to admit that he nailed it in this line from Billie Jean, don't go around breaking young girls' hearts. How does a guy usually break a young girl's heart? Well, most of the time, it's by dating her just for sex. See, guys will do just about anything for sex. They'll spend money. They'll listen to her talk all night. Then they'll basically they pretend they like her all just to get in her pants. What happens when they get tired of sleeping with her? They dump her and leave her heartbroken. Now, I've mentioned earlier that women sometimes view sex as a sign the guys like her. So they don't usually get in the sack until they really like the guy. Guy meets girl. He wants sex. She wants a relationship. He pretends he does too. She has sex with him. He leaves. She is heartbroken. He then tells all his buddies what a psycho she is because she thought they had a relationship. She tells all of her girlfriends what a jerk he is for sleeping with her and then dumping her. It's a pattern that has stood the test of time. Is it going to change anytime soon? Probably not, but you should know how it tends to work so you don't get caught off guard. You know, I read that chapter and I think one thing that I really forgot to include in that chapter is there's a lot of women who want to hook up just to hook up. They're not looking for a relationship. And there's a lot of guys, of course, too, that really want a relationship. And he wants sex because it's part of the whole package of being in love. Hey, I get that. Uh, but I just think that it's there, it's quite true that a lot of the time women think that when you have sex, it means you're in a relationship. And a lot of the time guys will pretend that they are in a relationship just to get sex. Or am I wrong? Do you think that times have changed enough that that's not true anymore? Hey, you know what? I haven't dated in a very long time, so maybe I'm wrong on that one. Let me know. I'm sure you will. Okay, one last thing. Um, I love reading emails. I got one from our buddy Nate who listens to the podcast, and uh, here's his comment from a couple of weeks ago. He says, there was one thing you mentioned in this week's podcast that had me thinking. You talked about living within your means. That's one of my chapters, one of my favorite ones, specifically about having kids without money. As a 30-year-old with a full-time teaching job and another part-time job, I can say this is a subject that needs to be brought up earlier in life with children. When you're teaching them about money, show them how to management and more importantly, oppress upon them the importance of not succumbing to pressure to buy things or spend money. And Nate talks about how, you know, you get pressured to buy things or spend money either by your peer group or your friends or your family or whoever. And then pretty soon you've got a bunch of debt that only gets worse, especially when you have a baby. Because you can't say, well, baby's not going to eat this week. Or, you know what? Not going to buy diapers this week. The baby is a consistent hole for a pit for money to be thrown into. That's just the way it is. And they're totally worth it. He says, fortunately, my wife and I waited until we're more financially stable and ready to start a family. But there are so many people who give into that familial or peer pressure to have kids sooner than they would like. We've been able to do so much together before we start having kids that it would not have been possible with kids. And we're so grateful for those experiences. So now that we do have more money and are established in our careers, we can give our future kids those experiences they deserve, as you alluded to, rather than just the bare minimum. Hey, there are people in my family that I get so mad at because they think it's just the greatest thing to have kids, no matter whether you have enough money for them or that you are already on assistance or whatever, keep on having kids. And the grandmothers are like, hey, you know what? Have kids. I love kids. I love kids. And to me, 
I love kids too, but it's not fair to give them just a life without being able to give them a decent life. So, you know, listen, you don't have to be wealthy to have kids. That's not what I'm saying. But it is not fair to your kids to be broke and keep having kids that you can't give them a safe neighborhood, good food, good schools, and a good chance. One idea that I have, these podcasts are all me. I've been talking now for the past 24 minutes, and I want to have you on the podcast. I want you to be my co-host on the podcast. Now, I've already co-hosted one with uh, my friend Nathan. He talked all about um, uh, the, you know, the uh, iPhone and Apple products and things like that. I want to co-host with you. What would you like to co-host about? I'll come over to your house. I'll bring my computer. I'll bring my phone. We'll do the podcast right there in your living room or on your couch, in your kitchen, whatever. Seriously, I'll come to you. What do you want to be on the podcast to talk about? I would seriously love to have you as a special guest because maybe people get tired of hearing just me talk. What do you want to talk about? Send me an email to Ryan at kdwb.com or comment on the Facebook page. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. I would love to come to your house in the next couple of weeks and uh, do a podcast with you on something that you want to talk about. Maybe you've learned a lesson in life and you're like, I want to share that. That'd be really cool. So again, send me an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com or just uh, put a note on um, Facebook. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Okay, that is going to do it for the podcast. I had fun this week. We talked about a lot of stuff. Remember, tell your friends, if they listen to the show, if they listen to our morning show, they probably would like the podcast. Fallon does one called Too Lame for Radio. Steve does one called It um, It Goes Both Ways. And uh, check them out. They're both great pod- podcasts. And like I said, if you listen to our radio show, you'll probably like the podcast too. So if you know somebody who listens to the show, recommend this podcast to them, please. All right, listen, have a great week. I appreciate you listening. And again, if you want to co-host, let me know. That would be really cool. I will see you next week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Have a great week.